Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Short, and this is Too Much To Say. Thank you so much for all the love on last week's episode. That was definitely an important one for me to track. If you haven't listened yet, we talked about body image and just what that looks like in the music industry for an eating disorder survivor or just anybody who's ever had negative thoughts about their body, which I really think is probably everybody. Um, I found some really, really cool accounts that I wanted to share that were really helpful for me. Um, I really dove into some of the body positivity stuff after doing the episode and had some of you guys send in some posts. I found this one account named The Tummy Diaries, and she posted this really great post that was about, you know, if you wear a bigger size, like just wear the bigger size. I found that recently where I was trying to squeeze into my quote unquote skinny jeans, aka hungry jeans. And like, obviously I'm going to feel like crap about myself because they're pushing everything up and like out in different ways. And so she posted this about, it was two pictures of her. One, she was wearing, you know, shorts that did not fit. And then the other one, she was wearing shorts that did. And she clearly like looks better and more confident in the shorts that fit her. What a concept. So I thought that that was really cool. And then there was another account that I came across and I just loved her post. So she is at a spoonful of Alice and she's actually a former diet blogger on a body confidence journey. That's her bio, but I think it's really cool because she has the perspective of someone who used to be part of that toxic culture on Instagram. And now she's using her platform for good, sharing these like incredible, very real photos. And I just really loved that she had that perspective because I haven't seen a lot of that yet. Another account I really liked was at Danae Mercer. She shares some really cool posts about she's like definitely really into fitness um, and she you know, has these posts of her with like abs and stuff, but then she'll show what she looks like on a bloated day or when she's completely relaxed. And she's 
a very fit person, very athletic, but she has cellulite. And I love that she's normalizing that because you cellulite has nothing to do with how much you weigh. It's just something that people have. It's something people get over time and it's nothing to be ashamed of. So those are some extra resources to, you know, kind of elaborate on last week's episode, but let's dive into this week. So I just celebrated one year of my album open book and I'm so excited to just have that perspective of a year and what can change over a year. I made a post on Instagram talking about, you know, what that journey looked like when the album came out. I remember writing a diary entry. Actually, this is a funny story. So I have this book that my best friend Candy Carpenter gave me and it's, she gave it to me as I was starting the process of recording open book. And so it has like everything related to the making of my album in it. So there's diary entries and there's like Polaroids stuck in there. There's mixed notes. There's production examples. Like you can trace the entire album through the course of this book, which is really cool. And it was such a, such a good gift. Like she's so sweet. She hand painted like this really pretty picture on it and it's very glittery and just like, it's amazing. So in that book, I wrote my set list for the album release show, which was like exactly a year ago. And I had a diary entry on the page next to it. And I was talking about like how I was so far in debt. I had no idea what the album was going to do. I just been turned down by so many labels. And like, I was excited to release the album, but I was also so terrified because it was so personal. And I was just like kind of disheartened at the same time because I was like, what is like, what's the next step? Like what can happen from here? So I had this like very, very vulnerable diary entry. And as I completely forgot that fans do, they take pictures of the set list or they take the set list off the stage. And obviously because it was in a book, no one was going to jack the set list. Thank you guys for being respectful of that. But I had, um, one of them DM me after and was like, Hey, I'm really sorry. Like I took a picture of the set list and I didn't realize that there was like this very, very personal diary entry next to it. And I had just left it on stage like a total dumbass. So, um, that was funny, but going back and reading that journal entry and seeing what has happened over the past year, like it's freaking crazy. And I have some really big news that I'm going to be able to talk about very soon. We will do an entire podcast about it. But until now, let's just dive into some of the songs. So there's a trio of songs in the middle of the record that I think probably encapsulate the story the most. Um, it, it's like a very distilled version of what all 13 songs are. And it takes you through these three stories. So I'm just going to kind of share the story behind these songs and um, just say thank you guys for one year of of you loving Open Book. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you can get it anywhere you get music. But let's dive in first with Alice in Wonderland. So full disclosure, Alice in Wonderland is absolutely about a real person named Alice. Um, <laughs> ah, the metaphor presented itself so clearly I felt like there was nothing I could do to stop myself from writing it so my best friend Candy Carpenter and I were coming home from a party we were having a sleepover at my house and I sat down at the piano and I had just found out that my ex was seeing somebody new um and the the details of that are still fuzzy but I she was a friend of mine and that became a recurring theme, um, in his choices of, um, (laughs) 
um, I don't know what to call it, partners. <laughs> um, <laughs> it became a recurring theme in his choices, but this was like the first one and it was absolutely soul crushing. So I sat down at the piano and I was like kind of joking with Candy and I was like, hey, Alice, how's Wonderland? Ah, ha, 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 ha. And then she was like, wait a second, that might be a really cool idea. And we started writing it and it just kind of poured out. But like, we were pretty low key drunk, like, honestly. And so I feel like we accessed this part of our brains that was just like very like unfiltered. And obviously that became a huge theme of the record as well. So the next day I woke up really early the next morning and I went and sat at the piano and kind of finished it and I think we finished the bridge like several months later because Candy had had this really cool idea after where she was like, oh my God, like Alice has Wonderland. Like you wonder if you're good enough. You wonder if you're the only one, like how's Wonderland? Like you're always going to be questioning when you're with this guy. So the song is just a letter to this girl and also any girl that comes next. And just, it doesn't come from a bitter place. Like I definitely have the songs that come from a bitter place, but this one was like me looking at somebody that I genuinely care slash cared about who I know had been through some real shit. And I was like, Hey, like if you're going to do this, like be fucking careful because you don't know the half of it. And like, he looks really good on the outside and the whole thing seems like it's going to be this wonderful, like dreamland. And then you get to wonderland and the Cheshire cat and the queen of hearts, like they're not what you think they are. So that song really kind of encapsulates the breakup. And I, I feel like that's something a lot of us, you know, can relate to is looking at whoever's coming next in the line of broken hearts that this person is going to, you know, break like what their path is and also knowing how messed up they are from when they hurt you and just being like, Oh boy, good luck. So that song is, is very real. And, um, one of my favorite songs on the record for sure. The next song in this trio is the world keeps spinning. This was one of the last songs I wrote for the project, and it was definitely one of the hardest. It's still a really difficult song for me to perform. Um, I wrote it about my sister passing away, and um, a couple days after her passing, I hadn't really had it in me to play like piano or guitar or try to write anything but I just had this concept you know when I was in the middle of being just very angry at God and the world and I just I had gone to Alta and I had to return some makeup and it was like $50 worth and it was about to be like the end of the return period and I was like I really need that 50 bucks right now and I trudge into Ulta. I hadn't gotten out of bed like barely in the past like three days. I had like no makeup on, but like not in the cute way. Like I looked, I looked like I had just like seen some shit because I had. And I'm like wearing my pajama pants and I'm just trudging into Ulta. And this guy opens the door for me and I don't even notice. Like my brain is just somewhere else. And like I'm like, a pretty like polite person, but I just didn't notice. And the guy looks at me and says, you're supposed to say thank you. And I was like, oh my God, like he, I could just ruin this guy right now. I could be like, tell him what had happened and be like, Hey buddy. Um, but that was such an important lesson for me because I was like, oh my God, like you can be having the worst day of your fucking life. And 
it's just another day for somebody else. Like the world is moving. The world keeps spinning, even though yours completely stops. And that was also an important lesson for me in the school of thought of like, wow, you really never know what someone has going on. And like now, even if someone cuts me off in traffic, I'm like, oh, well, I don't know where they're on their way to, you know, like, I mean, obviously there's still assholes out there, but like, you just never know what someone has going on. And that was, that was an important lesson. So the song was like written from the perspective of that and just like watching the world keep going. And and these people have no clue what you're going through. And so I hadn't had it in me to sit down at the piano, but that day I did. And I kind of wrote the chorus and, um, let it sit for a few weeks. I, I didn't write for about a month. I just couldn't access that headspace. But when I came back to the idea, I wrote it with my producer, Skip Black, and he had also, um, lost his niece who's my age to, um, an accidental heroin overdose as well. And, you know, it just really came together because we just like totally both understood each other's pain. And there was this really beautiful moment where we got to play the Grand Ole Opry together and him and I played this song and he brought up a picture of his, um, his niece, Megan, and set it on the speaker and they zoomed in, um, on her while we were playing the song. And it was just like, it was really, really special. And, um, the Opry has been such an amazing place for me to play these songs and it's so cathartic and um it's just an emotional place to play period but playing a song like that was you know one of the most bittersweet moments um of my life I think like many of us you might think identity theft will never happen to you but consider this There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve 
with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Oh boy, guys. <laughs> so that song is is really special, and it just kind of talks about, you know, you get the phone call from your family member being like, hey, um, I got to tell you something. And you just know immediately, and then it's just like, I remember the day of her funeral. Like, it was actually a really beautiful day. There was a blue sky. It was warmer than most January days in Maine, um, where I'm from. And I was just like, wow, like, <laughs> would have been nice if God could give me some rain and the day could have felt like as shitty as I do. But it was actually a beautiful day. And I remember there was a wedding happening. And that's the bridge of the song is I drove by a wedding on the way to your funeral. And I bet the bride was happy that the weather was beautiful. And there are so many things happening at once on any given day. And so many different people having so many different experiences. And it's just wild because it feels like your world is ending, but you're watching everything move around you. So I wrote the song that I needed um, on that day that I hadn't really been able to find. I feel like there's a lot of songs about death out there that maybe weren't written by someone who like actually knows what that loss feels like. And I know that that sounds kind of shitty, but you know, like there's this whole like country song trope where like the grandpa dies in the third verse. And I've heard people sing those songs and they haven't lost their grandpa. So I'm like, why would you invent that kind of pain? You know, I don't know. Maybe that's a little bitchy of me, but that's how I felt in that time. So I wrote the song that I needed and, um, I, I hope that it's been helpful for other people to have that song and that's why I play it. And that's why I wrote it, even though it was really hard. I put that on the record immediately after Alice in Wonderland because it was kind of this abrupt switch. The first part of the album is very like, it's very chronological. So it starts off like thesis statement, background paragraph, dives into the relationship. Then like immediately out of nowhere, my sister passes away and you dive into that chapter because that's exactly how it happened. And the next song on the album is about me being back home with my mom. And I think a big thing that happens anytime you lose somebody is you dive into your childhood. I talked about this on the last episode, but like when something bad happens, you're going to find your way back to your childhood. And I saw this meme that was like, (laughs) nobody, your therapist, 
So do you think this might have something to do with your relationship with your father? And it's like, you know what? Probably, probably, ma'am. And it's definitely like that. So going back to my hometown and and thinking about that and having all these memories come flooding back, I, you know, dove into the childhood aspect of this. And I wrote this with um, one of my really good friends, Savannah Kyes, and we both grew up raised by single moms and had that kind of, you know, we both had that shared experience. And we wrote this song with Skip as well, who just was so, he's just so supportive when I'm writing with him, like so gentle with my story and just kind of lets me run and, you know, reins me in where I need to be reined in. And we walk away with this great song and I just, I love writing with him so much. So this song was really special and I wrote it for my mom and, and what my childhood looked like. I grew up like really, really poor and like I grew up in the projects, um, but it's Portland, Maine. So it's not like, you know, I was on like in like a, a war zone, but it definitely wasn't cute. And I remember being really embarrassed that kids at school would find out where I lived and um, I got really good at shopping at Goodwill, like really good. Like I would go and like scour and find anything from Hollister and Abercrombie that I could. So I like would fit in and, and not look like the, the poor kid. And then because of that, like in eighth grade, I remember there was like this rumor started that I was like, cause I had started at a new school. I went to a private school up until then. And so I was the new girl. And there was this rumor started that I was like really rich and like super spoiled. And I was like, oh, y'all have no idea. I'm just really good at manifesting Abercrombie sweatshirts at Goodwill. <laughs> so I wrote about that and, and what it was like growing up in, you know, just shit neighborhood, honestly. And to me, all I wanted was a normal family. And obviously, you know, as you get older, you learn there is no such thing as a normal family. But all I wanted was, you know, a house with a yard and a car that wasn't breaking down every other week and for my parents to be together and all my siblings to be under one roof. And, uh, you know, it, it was like, it took up a lot of my brain space as a child, like wishing for that. And so every Sunday after church, my mom and I would go driving by the big houses in my hometown and there were some that were like over near a river and there were some that like were over near the ocean. Cause I grew up like right near the beach, which I miss terribly every day. And I would just think about what it would be like to live in one of them. And I think in my little, you know, eight, nine year old brain, I felt like if I lived in one of those houses, all my problems would be solved. And I really romanticized the concept of a big house. And as I've gotten older, I realized that you know, no one's family is normal. Money doesn't equal love. And I definitely am, am grateful for how I grew up because I think it gave me perspective and it made me work harder. And I don't know, money just doesn't matter. Like if you have it, it doesn't make you a spoiled rich brat. If you don't have it, it doesn't make you like destined to be poor your whole life. But I also, you know, I just feel like I had to work my ass off. And so now when I look at the success I have had, I'm just, I'm very, I'm very proud of it. And I just want to be open about it so that kids and, and people in general just know that anyone from anywhere can be anything. It's just about working hard. And I know that sounds like so oversimplified, but I just literally never gave up and I was relentless and like <laughs> I worked 
at a hot dog stand when I first moved to Nashville and my hours were like crazy. I would work at this clothing store from like, like around 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then I would take the bus because I didn't have a car when I first moved to Nashville, which was a very bold choice on my part, but I just couldn't afford one. It was either like move to Nashville or get a car. And I was like, okay, well, let's move to Nashville. So I'm like 19. I would take the bus home. I'd have like an hour and then I'd go work from like 6 p.m. to 3 or 4 a.m. Because that's how late the bars close in Nashville. They close at 3. And that's what I did like every day. And oh my God, I remember this one time I... I had to be back at work the next day at 10 a.m., which was earlier than usual. So I literally like was getting home at 4 a.m. and had to be to work at 10. And I went to my parking spot after work and my car had been towed because while I was at work, they put up signs that there was like some like, I don't know, like a marathon or something after. And they were like, we will tow you. And the sign wasn't there while I was at work. And then I had to go pay like $275 to get my car towed or something insane like that. And so it wiped out my bank account and my credit card. And I was just like feeling like such shit. And now (laughs) like looking back, I wish that I could like tell that version of Kaylee that, you know, good things were going to happen. And like, I still like don't have, you know, money flowing out my ears, but if my car got towed, it would only be like a quarter as crushing as that moment was. But so, you know, that's obviously a complicated thing, like growing up with nothing. And like, I think that the total amount of money I've taken from my parents in my entire life was like, my dad gave me 50 bucks one time. And I think I got like another like 50 for graduation, (laughs) like a hundred total. And I don't know. I mean, it's, kind of been liberating in ways because, you know, they're not going to cut me off because they can't. So I was always able to make my own decisions and like, they were always pretty on board with whatever I wanted to do. But like when I didn't want to go to college, they couldn't be like, well, you have to, or we're going to cut you off. And I've, I've seen some friends, parents do that. And, you know, I get it. Like, it's so not my business what other families do, but I feel like I, I kind of ended up with something good out of that situation. I don't know. So I'm just so thankful for one year of open book. It's amazing to see what's happened. And like, I released that record at a really low point. Like I was definitely coming out of it, but I also like, oh my God. So the like weekend I released that album, I was dealing with a total fuck boy. Like it was just like stupid. I don't know why I got so wrapped up in that, but like, I really was like letting this guy who just wasn't into me dictate my worth. Like, hardcore and I don't even think he knew like what he was doing that's the thing about fuckboys is like yeah sometimes there's ones that are like super terrible and like manipulate you and and use you and are awful but like a lot of times it's just a guy who's being clueless like he thought it was like a friends with benefits situation and then like I put him on a pedestal and made it into something it was not so this was kind of one of those But I remember like crying the weekend my album came out and like, I just want to go back and slap myself and be like, you stupid little bitch, (laughs) you let this guy get to you and you are releasing like this work of art that means more to you than anything. Like don't cry, play the Opry and drink tequila and celebrate with your friends. And this guy is not going to matter like in a month, like literally a month. So 
But I remember like that weekend, my um, best friend Catherine Powell took me to a Lizzo concert and we had so much fun and I was listening to like Good As Hell and Truth Hurts and like it totally pulled me out of that funk I was in with that stupid guy. So, and now, you know, looking back a year later and knowing what the album did and also the fact that I haven't dealt with a fuck boy in like, I haven't dealt with a fuck boy in like eight months. I love this for me because I went through quite a few. So this is great news. I will touch on the fuck boy concept um, a lot more in future episodes. And I would love to hear what you guys want to hear. The comments, I feel like the body image episode, I got so much love on that. And I think one of my you know, favorite things I heard was from a guy like being really open. This was just like a public tweet talking about how it meant a lot to him to hear somebody, you know, talk about how guys have eating disorders too. And that's such a, like, I don't think like, it's not a misconception. We all know that that happens, but like the amount of pressure that's put on men's bodies as well, like, especially when you're thinking about these, like, people playing superheroes, how like they dehydrate themselves for days in order to like do those like fight scenes where their abs look totally shredded. And like, yeah, your abs will look shredded if you haven't drank water in four days, like for sure. (laughs) And that's an unrealistic expectation for men. So that thank you, sir, for opening up and sharing that and um, feeling inspired by the podcast. I love you guys so much. Um, I'm going to have some really cool episodes coming over the next few weeks. I'm going to start having guests on. I kind of wanted to challenge myself to do the first few episodes by myself because talking to other people was obviously like a comfort zone for me. But now I feel like I'm here. I can talk to myself for 25 minutes. Love that. Um, I'm having so much freaking fun. Thank you for tuning in. We're like still on the charts for music podcast, Apple, which is crazy. Like for having two episodes out and and having people react so strongly and just the Bobby Bones fans are amazing. Thank you guys so much. Um, I think we've only gotten like two more bad reviews. I don't need to be reading them, but I am because I can't stop myself, but, (laughs) and they've all just been the same thing. They're like, can she please swear less? No, sorry. Not sorry. Anyways, this has been too much to say with Kaylee Shore. You guys are amazing. Hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next Wednesday. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance 
Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.